1: the following segment is from the palpably unfair podcast on the SB Nation NFL Show, where we're discussing your favorite team. Subscribe to the SB Nation NFL Show to make sure you don't miss conversations like this one. Number three quarterback performance of the championship conference slate. We'll go with uh, we'll go with Tom Brady is the, is the guy you have at number three here, and, and I agree with you. I felt like it was a tale of two halves. Brady deserves credit for the first half for building a lead, and then also some blame for for the interceptions. There was the one off the fingertips of uh, of the tall Mike Evans, that's that's hard to do. I felt like, and and maybe you can you can kick back on me on this, but I felt like Brady had the most uh erratic placement of the uh of the games last weekend. Is that would you would you agree with that? I think so. And you're
2: right. This was a tale of two halves from Brady. The first half was fantastic. I mean this game really swung in say twenty minutes of real time from the end of the first half to the start of the second half. You have the Scotty Miller touchdown when Kevin King decided he's just gonna, you know, play inside leverage with eight seconds left and no timeouts from Tampa Bay, which was an interesting choice. And then you have the fumble and then the touchdown to Brady to start the second half from Tampa Bay. They build an eighteen point lead, and now Green Bay's playing in that big deficit. But in the second half, Brady started to press a little bit. He started to—I don't know if he felt like, look, Green Bay's coming, Rogers is coming.
1: I gotta keep, you know, making plays here. It kind of felt like, you know, do you remember that Miami game where he really struggled and Xavier Howard had a big one? It really did feel like Brady was pressing just to get the ball downfield and get it out quick, right? I was gonna say Patriots fans saw this in recent years
2: where it seemed like Brady felt like he had to do too much. Yeah. Brady felt like he had to throw some haymakers too, because the game is sort of getting away from him. Which is interesting when you've got an eleven point lead. Like that's mm. when he threw the first pick. They're up eleven. You know, they're near midfield. Um, and he forces one in the direction of Mike Evans, doesn't do enough to move the safety in the middle of the field with his eyes, right? and underthrows it. Right. Now, then the second interception there in the red zone, it's a throw that's high. It goes through Evans' hands. Maybe he should have caught it. Maybe not. But it's a throw that's off target. And I think really the third one, which was what Patriots fans saw a lot of near the end, which is he's getting pressured if he just does something that is un-Brady-like. like. unbrady-like. Yeah. I remember – Against Pittsburgh in the regular season, I think two or three years ago, he had one where he was pressured and like tries to either throw it away or get it in the general direction of Edelman along the right sideline, and it gets nowhere near the boundary and it's intercepted by Joe Hayden. Head scratching decisions. It worked out for Tampa Bay because Matt Lafleur had a head scratching decision of his own to make near the end of that one. But you can't throw three interceptions against the Kansas City Chiefs and win. Like right. you're you're not going to be able to do that. So Brady has to clean that up. Now this is an offense that. Has gotten better since their bye week. Yes. Their last loss was the game before the bye week to get the seven and five when everybody, you know, threw the dirt on them, said that they were look, they were done. Um, but they figured it out since then. They've gotten horizontal in the passing game at times. They've worked some vertical stuff in that it actually has worked mm. mostly off of 12 personnel and play action and stuff like that. But their last loss was to the Kansas City Chiefs. And so it's going to be fascinating to see how that part unfolds, but Brady can't throw
1: three picks again and expect to win. Oh, absolutely not I mean, Not no. against Patrick Mahomes. And and look, I, I kind of want your overall take on Brady, and I, and I think you're 100% correct. I've talked about it on this show several times now, the philosophy shift after the buy for the Bucs really made me trust them because they added more pre-snap motion. They added more play action. They stopped running so much on first and second and, and, and long. They did all the, they had quick game answers against the Blitz that they didn't have before. You mentioned the horizontal passing game that had a lot to do with that. So there is a shift there for the Bucs that, that I feel pretty good about. Uh, I'm not sure if we necessarily saw enough of that uh, last week, but I, I think their mentality is right. I think Brady's playing some high-level ball for the most part. And when you look at Brady, and and again, Mark, you're a contributor for Pat's Pulpit, you're a Patriots fan, you have you have seen everything from Tom Brady. Has he aged at all? Like like where does it show up and where, where when's the drop off gonna happen? Cause like it's funny. I have passed the torch to your new neighbor,
2: John Lenyard in terms of being the watcher on the wall and defending Tom Brady. But I I was Jon Snow for years doing that atop the wall. But people would say he's got a noodle arm. The cliff is here. Like back in 2012, 2013, 2014, I'm just like, no, like it's not. And, you know, I said when he moved to Tampa Bay, when he made the decision to go to Tampa Bay, you might see the best of Tom Brady this year because everybody's going to say he can't work in a Bruce Arians offense. Everybody's going to say he doesn't have the arm for it. Everybody's going to say he can't throw the ball downfield. And he had a darn good year, and he's in his 10th Super Bowl, which is just absurd.
1: You can hear the rest of this conversation by subscribing to the SB Nation NFL Show wherever you get your podcasts.